Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Where to hunt podcast? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Man, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Feels like fall out there, doesn't it? It does feel like fall out there. Wear a hoodie for a reason. Right, two hoodies, same brand. Same wonderful brand, (laughs) same wonderful room. This is uh, Eric and... You know me. Greg... You know me, you down with OPP. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you know what? Old Greg, I don't know. Hey everybody, uh, this is the Word Hunt Podcast, coming at you from the OKS Hunter Podcast Studio, smack dab out of the middle of Wisconsin-ish, not really, we're more like the midwestern part of Wisconsin. No, we're in Mid-eastern, south- southeastern. Eastern. <laughs> Come on. Oh God. You are geographically challenged. I'm just so, so bad. You haven't even started yet. I had a beer earlier in Oktoberfest for Rut Club Radio. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Hey, hey, folks, thanks for joining us today. Uh, this is the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts, a.k.a. the okayest podcast in the Midwest. And uh, if you haven't heard of the okayest hunter, we strongly recommend you go to okayesthunter.com. And when you find something you think is okay, you can use code where to hunt for 10% off. Uh, yeah, I'm drinking some scotch now. I poured up some of that super PD Lafroig, however you say it. Is Petey. Okay. Woof. Uh, White Tail Experience, what up? How's it going? It's a good luck, this opener. That's right. Thanks, Our boys. season opens this Saturday. Yes, it does. I will be celebrating my daughter's three-year-old birthday, and you will be in a stand. In a stand on the ground? Not sure yet. I got a couple ideas, but waiting for a little more intel here. We'll see. Okay. All I'm going to say. You brought some good news. I won't say anything. If you won't say anything, we'll just let yeah, it be. I'm not going to say a word. All right. Word is the word. Is the word. Bird is the... Anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's do some sponsor call outs and uh, we'll dive into some stuff. For those of you that don't know, I still haven't changed the Backwoods bumper. I'm sorry, but if you want to save 10% off of Backwoods Grind coffee, go to backwoodsgrind.com. Their website sounds like coffee. I'm just saying. And enter in code. That's my code over there. W2H podcast for 10% off. Look at that. Here we go. You're at work, in a tree stand, or simply waking up. It's important to be alert, and there's no better way to get there than with Backwoods Grind Coffee. Ground fresh for every order, delivered straight to your door. Backwoods Grind Coffee. Gulp. Take a look at your feet. Are you wearing Gum Leaf USA boots? You said no. You gotta reevaluate some things. Each pair is handmade and tested to take over a million flexes. These boots will take just about anything you can throw at them. 
use promo code W2H2020 for 10% off your final purchase at gumleafusa.com. And you got a sponsor call too, don't you, there, Greg? I do. Give it a quick word. Sure. Vector Custom Shop. That's the word. Go to VectorCustomShop.com if you're looking to buy a set of arrows custom built to your specifications. Um, you can choose from a sample or a, a two-pack, a test pack, where you could have two different arrows, two different spines, weights, whatever, uh, two different ones built, and then you can send them on a test flight and see which ones work best for you. And when you figure that out, you can order a half dozen or a dozen. And when you order those and go to pay for them, uh, you can enter discount code where to hunt to save 10% at vectorcustomshop.com. Slam dunk. Look at that. Boom. That's all we got, guys. We're no Joe Rogan over here. We don't got like a thousand ads to call out. Just a couple. We do, however, have W2H. Rut Club Radio. All right, Rut Club Radio is brought to you by Heated Hunts. Head on over to HeatedHunts.com. Check out their Instagram, their Facebook, wherever it is on your smartphone that you're looking at, content and all that good stuff. Uh, Heated Hunts. I think they own the, the domain pretty well across the internet. And, uh, you know, poke around, take a look at what you like there. They make and manufacture heated hunt scent dispensers, uh, which can now be found in Gander Outdoors, which is super, super cool for those guys. And if you want, you can buy some synthetic scents from them. You can buy some cover scents, dirt, corn, whatever. Um, their product heats up urine scent or whatever scent for that matter, and helps carry it further and also prevents it from freezing in some of the colder states where we do our hunting. And as a result, makes it a little more natural and furthers far, travels farther, further. Uh, it's been a long day, folks. Anyway, you can use code WHERE, the number two, the word hunt, and save yourself 10% off. Or you can also call into Rut Club Radio, which airs live every Tuesday, 5.45 p.m. Central Standard Time. That goes to the duration of hunting season. We run it from September to December as a feature segment for hunting season. And by calling in, you get entered to win some of their products. We'll call off our winner or winners. Uh, there'll be four of them, one from every week at the end of the month for the end of September, the end of October, the end of November. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, let's get into our Rut Club Radio for this week. Hey, Aaron, you're live on Rut Club Radio. What's going on? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? There you are. Doing yeah, good. Sorry, I just got back to here. Rock on. I'm going to yeah, end... I was, just, uh, uh, I was just watching your, uh, your live stream there. It, it's pretty boring when it's just me. <laughs> but uh, thanks for calling in, man. No, so I'm like, dude, we got we, we to gotta give this guy someone to talk to, right? That's it. That's what I was waiting for. So you guys are from Cincinnati? Uh, yeah, Cincinnati. Uh, I grew up in Cincinnati. Uh, I live down in uh, Alexandria, Kentucky now. Oh, rock on. Okay, so a little bit. So you grew up hunting Ohio. Now you're in Kentucky. Uh, so I actually, I grew up hunting in Illinois. Um, my aunt has uh, some land out there, and that's where I really got started with uh, the deer hunting and stuff like that. Um, and once I moved to Kentucky, you know, I sort of had these opportunities fall into my lap where I was able to hunt a little bit more and, uh, you know, really took that to a next level. And, uh, and then up until last year, you know, I created this Hunter Sense TV, this page and quote brand, I guess that, um, you know, we can just share our experiences with it's me and one other person now, but, uh, 
I've been having a blast doing it uh, these past this past year and starting our second season now. That's awesome. Season two. Super cool. What are you calling it? Do you have a name yet for the season? Uh, I don't. No. Uh, so I'm still pretty new to all this stuff. Uh, you know, there's been <laughs> – I've thought about a couple things. Uh, you know, last season it was actually uh, pretty hard. We, we struggled pretty much all season. The main property I hunt on um, – I went, let's see, the whole season, I probably saw three bucks total in every, and that's all sit. So it was a, it was pretty rough, but, um, I took a crack at public land hunting, um, the first time last year. And, you know, I've tried to be like a sponge and soak up as much information as I can. Um, you know, watching, uh, I watch a lot of the hunting public on YouTube, you know, those guys seem pretty knowledgeable and, just trying to take as much information in as I can. Uh, so I have that, you know, flexibility to go to whether I want to hunt another state and have, uh, the opportunity to hunt on public land, uh, just being able to do that without any prior preparation. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a pretty big, that's a steep challenge. Good for you, man. And the hunting public guys are doing it right. You know, I've had a couple of those guys on, uh, Zach and, uh, Aaron on the show. I think Zach's been on twice and Aaron's been on once. They, they know their stuff. Um, good guys to follow for sure. What are you doing this season to try to prep? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Kentucky, we actually, it's, uh, I mean, we're morphing into the, uh, I mean, prepping stage is a little over. We had our opener on, uh, on Saturday. Um, and let's see on Sunday evening, uh, my buddy Nathan, who helps me run this account, um, was able to take a, uh, a doe, which was nice. You know, it's always nice to get meat in the freezer early on and, you know, it takes a little bit of the stress out for, you know, us hunters who really rely on deer meat and stuff for, you know, we don't, I don't like buying a uh, beef and stuff at the store when you can just go out in the woods and get it yourself. Right. right? So, uh, <laughs> for sure. Dude, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the only issue is, and this is, I've been so frustrated about it. Uh, we brought the camera out and everything, all my camera batteries, the GoPro was charged. We were ready to go. And, uh, we started walking out to the stand and I realized that my SD card was not in my camera. And so what I had to do was pull like one of the crappy SD cards out of a trail camera and use that. And I was watching the footage yesterday and it is just, it is crap. It just can't keep up with the speed of the camera. It's all grainy. And so, uh, not, not a good start, but you know, what can you do? All right. Thanks again for the call. Uh, let's get into our interview for the week and, uh, enjoy people. We like the brands we love and use and trust and know. Yeah. That's what we got. Good we stuff. just missed a caller, by the way. I think it was uh, our friends over at uh, Whitetail experience, but they hit the, they hit the, the phone lines hot. They came in hot. Yeah, they did. Let's see if we can get that fish to bite back again later on. Guys, we'll be uh, taking calls throughout the whole show today. So feel free to call. The The phone line is, for those that don't know, uh, you can call into the Bird Hunt Podcast. It's 262-757-4122. If you're hearing this in podcast land, mark your calendar for Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we will gladly take your call. We also go live for Rut Club Radio every Tuesday at 5.45 p.m. Central Standard Time. So if you want to report on some rut activity or share what you're doing this season, we'd love to hear from you. All right, with that, let's go ahead and bring our guests on to get you guys unmuted here. We got uh, Kenny and Derek with Bull Draw Assassins. What up, fellas? What's up, guys? 
We got Derek and Kenny. So Derek, you say your name, and then Kenny, you say your name. Kenny. <laughs> Did we lose Derek? No, I'm here. I'm here, fellas. I'm waiting to see what's going on with Kenny. There we go. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, that's we better. can hear you. Yeah, it's better. It sounded pretty uh, garbly for a second there. Are you behind the wheel? Yeah, I just plug it in, make sure my battery doesn't die on you guys. All right, we got you then. Cool. We're we're here. We're live. We're doing this thing. So, where are you guys from? Let's start there. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Sorry. Greg finally interrupted someone for the for the first time ever. Where are you guys from? Yeah, you got it. Bucks County, PA. The south southeastern part of the uh, uh, state. Okay, I'm glad you got your uh, region of the state correct, as I totally boom, like botched ours. <laughs> yeah, if you know where Philadelphia is, we're about we're 20 minutes, I don't know, 25 minutes north of Philadelphia. Cool. Did they actually film Always Sunny in Philadelphia in Philadelphia? No. <sighs> that pisses they, me off. They filmed like certain scenes there, and the rest was all out in L.A. Yeah, oh it, yeah, it's us all too. I just found that out actually recently. That's disappointing. They, huh? did, they did a really good job with making things look like it was in Philadelphia, and I was like, "There's no way that's not in Philly," and it wasn't. So, so they just took other B-roll in Philly, and then just like did everything else in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're big Philly guys though. They're from Philly. A couple of them. I actually met um, Mac at a Philly game before. He was the coolest dude in the world. No way, dude. That's pretty neat. How about yeah, that? Yeah, he was. He threw out the first pitch, and he sat right in front of me. And he was with D, and D was there. That's pretty neat. That is pretty freaking neat. That's awesome. Well, shit. Okay. And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, hunters in Pennsylvania. Like we we have That's like we can, we can see our stats. Like there's a number of you guys over there that listen to the show. Um, Thanks for putting up with us. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I don't know how you guys even found us. Like, well, how do people from Pennsylvania find a couple of idiots out of Wisconsin? Well, honestly, I don't. Well, it's funny that you say that about Wisconsin because I was just listening to um, a podcast, a working class bowhunter podcast the other day because they had Kip Campbell on, and he's a real yeah, they're big. Out, uh, they're out of Illinois. Those guys. Guy a lot, and uh, he said they said Wisconsin's the Pennsylvania of the Midwest. <laughs> That's interesting. With all the, with all the hunters and the style of hunting and how like. It, just how crazy we are about it. Yeah, we have a pretty diehard population. Pretty diehard population. It's not as big as Pennsylvania or Michigan. Our numbers have dwindled. But I can remember as a kid, I mean, it was nothing to see, you know, passing trucks on the way up north. Everybody had orange on. Everybody was, you know, pretty jacked to go out and gun hunt. We'd see a lot of people from Illinois yeah. and Minnesota coming too, and on occasion, Michigan. But... Like the Northwoods of Wisconsin was like the place for the cat's meow. Yeah, for Illinois people to come and 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 deer hunt, for sure. Yeah, that's how I grew up. I mean, we're in the southern part of the state, but most of the deer hunting, like during rifle season, is all up towards the northern New York border. Um, we were lucky to have some private property up there that we hunted. But if you drive around those first three days, man, it's, it's the Orange Army. It's it's a real thing. Yep, they're everywhere, man. Yeah, same. You what? just hear. It sounds like Vietnam on, on opening day. It's, it's crazy. 
It was actually quiet last year for us. We didn't hear a lot yeah. of shots. I was I mean, surprised. The past, my past four years, I mean, granted, I haven't gone to the Northwoods, but my uncle still goes, and I keep in contact with him, and he's like, yeah, man, like the past five years, it's been awful quiet up here, and we've got other issues yeah, going it's on. Yeah, really quiet, too. Because I mean, we used to be you used to be able to shoot does on opening day, and they changed that now. So opening day of rifles, just the first week is buck only. Wow. So that 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 has changed a lot. When it was doe only, I mean, that's when it sounded like Vietnam. Like it was just like boop 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 all all day. And now, like the one time, I was like, I didn't even know. I had to check my calendar to make sure it was open today. It was that quiet when they just switched the buck. A lot of people actually didn't go up for that reason because they just they go up there to get their meat. You know, they're not really horn hunting, so a lot of people didn't buy license that year. Wow. I think our dynamic is just. It's older guys and baby boomers, and a lot of them just hung it up or they've passed away or, you know, their kids didn't want to carry on that tradition. Yeah, we'll see what this year looks like with the, the pandemic. You know, it sounds like record number of people are taking the outdoors. Do good. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, make sure you're wearing your blaze. Yeah, no <laughs> Be kidding. careful out there. But um, in all seriousness, man, it's good to have you guys on the show, you know, We've been flirting on social media for a while now, and I think we really enjoy what you guys are putting out, and I think you maybe like what we're putting out. So, and here we are connecting. And then we've we've had a lot of guests on through just meeting people on Instagram or Facebook, and it's pretty cool. Why don't you guys take a minute and tell folks like who you guys are, what you're doing, um, and then we can kind of unpack from there. Hey Ken, you want to tell them who we are, and I'll explain kind of what we're doing. Yeah, so. Uh... Me and Derek, we've been buddies since, uh, I don't know, we were like 10 years old playing baseball together. You know, we both grew yeah. up went to schools and, you know, we hung out throughout the years. But we really didn't know that each other hunted until one day I bumped into him running around town. And he goes, oh, I need a job. I'm like, all right, I'll hook you up. I hired him. And it's the first thing he tells me. He's like, I got to take off next week because I'm going to rifle camp. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, you're not, not leaving me with much room to play with, dude, but all right, you know, I'll, I'll pull you this solid. And I told him, I was like, well, I wanted to get back into hunting this year anyway. Well, fast forward four years, he's throwing a camera at me. I still haven't shot my first deer yet. And he's telling me, hey, we got to start filming everything. And, you know, here we are going on a little journey. Two buddies from small town suburbs of Philadelphia just filming our hunts taking pictures of what we're doing and showing everybody out there, you know, you don't need fancy equipment. You just got to go where the animals are at, put the work in and you'll find success and hopefully, you know, get it on camera for everybody and they can follow our journey while we're doing it. That's cool. So you're going to get on a deer this year or what? Yeah. Well, I actually got on my first one last year. I actually got two last year. Cool. So, so you got your I, own I had a lot of nerves going I had a lot of nerves going into the season because you know I was I'm really I'm getting older and older and it was like getting more embarrassing that I haven't shot my first deer yet but I wanted to always make it a point to get it with my bow first and not just the rifle that's almost like the same feeling I feel like a high schooler has when they haven't you know done the deed yet and everyone else is like hey, I've done it now right and you're like now I'm like oh man I don't want to be the four-year-old virgin right <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, it's, 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 but it doesn't mean you're going to be bad at it at the end of the day, you know? 
Right, right. To each his own. Everyone's at a different point in their journey. You know, like you, you go to the gym and you see, you know, someone working out and they're all ripped and fit and chiseled and you're like, well, I'm pudgy and stuff or, you know, whatever. And Round the shape. But like, look, maybe time. they started worse off than you were. You don't know that. You know, everyone's at different places. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I you know, I like to give Derek a lot of credit because he has been helping me throughout this journey because the things that I don't know, I lean on him to help me out and figure out. And at the same time, put my and we, you know, bounce off each other in that sense to try to figure some things out. But, you know, if you look like Rogan, he's got powerful friends and they helped him out on his hunting journey and look where he's at. That's a good point. You know, you know, that's interesting because we so talked, we talked with the Whitetail Legacy guys a couple weeks ago, uh, Homie and Cody and Homie's not, you know, as at least in the woods, he's not as versed as Cody is and Cody's kind of his mentor. And Greg's been that for me over the last, you know, couple of years now to, and at least we've really cranked up the volume on that. You know, I, I really stand by the name. Okay. As Hunter. And if you've ever hunted with me, you know why it's not even like I try to be uh-huh. that way. It's just, it just is, but it's, it's good to have someone kind of mentor you through some things and, and someone that's got some of that either tactical or technical experience. That's cool. Yeah. Cause that, I think that was one of my biggest problems in the beginning was, you know, I, I hunted when I was younger in my mid teens, but then it fell off. You know, I went to school for a little bit and then it was just always like, well, where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? You know, I understand it's grab a bow, grab some gear, but then it's like, where do you go? What are you looking for? Um, what do I need really? And not just grabbing the most expensive stuff off the rack thinking that's going to bring you, you know, put a gear in the back of your truck. Right. And once me and Derek reconnected, it was like, all right, well, here, now I got a rifle. All right, I'll start there. And just the ball just kept rolling and rolling. We, you know, we stumbled into that little lease that we have. Uh, and it's just been on the up since then. And so, and Derek, what, what, what's your take on some of this stuff? Um, Kenny, honestly, I, I don't like kissing his ass too much because I do a lot, but dude, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny's really putting the work in, man, for someone who hasn't, who hasn't shot as many deer as like the average guy who's putting content out and stuff, man. And he, he puts the work in. He's, he's saying like right now he's away at work at a hotel and he's shooting in the hotel parking lot, shooting his bow every day. Um, when he comes home on the weekend, he's shooting his bow. He's going to the lease, putting the mineral sites out, checking the cameras with me. Like he's putting the work in. And I always told him, I'm like, dude, anyone your age who hasn't shot a buck would have just, they would have stopped, you know, they, it's, it's real hard for, they would have gave up, you know, they would have rather do something else that they're good at. And he just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. I'm so proud of him. I shoved his stuff down his throat from, from, cause I, I had a more successful past in hunting and, uh, he was my hunting partner. I, I, I pushed him, I pushed him and he's really on board with it. And it, we're working really well together. It's, it's like a yin and a yang. He feeds off me. I feed off him. It's, really good and then this year like good things are going to happen for him um i'm pushing every all my cards are going in his basket right now because i'm trying to really push it for him because he's putting all the work in he needs to get it done and i i really think something's going to happen this year for him because you put the work in anything can happen you know that's it you got to get the the reps in right like uh gary vanderchuk who i follow in the business community you know says you can talk about push-ups so you're fucking blue in the face but at some point you got to actually do the push-ups you got to put the work in you can't just talk yeah, about all this yeah, stuff right 
And that, that's something that's been a 180 for him, you know, like, even like before this whole film and stuff and like, even me, like we didn't really, I mean, we shot our bows and stuff through the summer, but not, not like we did this year and not like we did last year. And we took care of our property, but again, not like we did this year and not like we did last year. We really are just going into this season 100% aggressive pedal to the floor like nothing's going to get in our way we're just no excuses for anything it's going to be full aggressiveness and for him to be on board with that it's it's just incredible it's awesome that's why we work so good together and that's why we're doing so well for ourselves right now so it'll be that much more disappointing when it doesn't happen (laughs) i'm just just kidding what an ass (laughs) i i have the intro video for our season one and I'm like, dude, this is, if we don't put, I mean, we got the intro video down. We got the editing down. If we don't have gear to shot on camera after this, this has just all been a waste of time. But no, I mean, I, I am a firm believer. If you put the work in, good things will happen to you. Um, so there's no doubt in my mind, it's going to be a great season. I, I really, I can't say that enough. I, I don't want to jinx anything. I don't like stuff like that. But if you put the work in, I mean, hunting, Hunting's luck, but it's really not. If you put the work in and you know where the deer are, you go after the deer and you you do everything you need to do, you cross those T's and dot those I's, there's no reason you can't fill your tags. You know what I mean? If you you want to shoot a 150, but you only have 120s, you know, that's a little far-fetched. You're not going to be able to do that. But you got to set your bar to where you know you can accomplish it. Don't set it too high. Like, I know our, our property, we're not going to shoot a 150. We don't have them. You know, I could try to stretch those horns as much as I want. They're not going to be 150 inch here. But so we're happy with mid 120s, low 130 here. And I think if we keep doing what we're doing, there's no reason both of us can't fill our tags. And then, like, we're going out to Ohio. We've been putting the work out there. There's no reason why we can't at least one of us fill a tag out there. So you guys are hunting uh, PA and Ohio this year? Yeah, and it's uh, and it's private land in PA, and is it public in Ohio or public in Ohio? Um, that's a that's a reason. Um, so last year we decided, you know, hey, it's seven hours from us. Why not? You know, they got deer that we don't have. And you know, um, you can't shoot what you don't have, so you got to go find them. And that's 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 what we're doing. And we're not. We never really hunted public land. I I always hunted kind of private. And I was like, hey, listen. Let's go out in public. There's no reason why we can't do it. You know, I don't want to be those guys that just sit in our 30-acre lease shooting deer and people knocking us saying that we don't put the work in. So we went out in Ohio in March right during the COVID. We spent five days boots on the ground scouting spots, and we were just there last week for three days scouting spots and putting boots on the ground. So we've scouted. We've done our homework. We're putting the work in. So at the end of the day, we can't say we didn't give it our all. And if we do connect, you can't say we didn't earn it. You know what I mean? We put we put the time and we're putting the time in and we're trying to show people, mostly from our area, the guys that hunt, like you guys said, a lot of PA hunters. Um, not all, but there's a lot of PA hunters that have the PA mentality of, they, like, they're, they're comfortable where they're at. You know, they're comfortable with shooting a 120, which is fine. It's a beautiful deer. I would shoot a 120. That's a gorgeous deer if it's happy for you, but they'll sit there and say they wish they shot this or they, they wish they seen this, but we don't have it. Well, we know we don't have that deer, so we're going out and getting it. And we're trying to inspire people to get off their couch, get out of Pennsylvania, and go take a ride and go 
scout public land. You know, it's open for us. It's available for us. You buy a hunting license. You go on free land. You put the work in. Anything can happen. That's a great mentality. That's why I'm glad that we're talking with you guys. You know, it. the fact that you're putting in the Like, private land is no joke. you got to put in a lot of work. I don't know much about it. I know a few oh, folks that, that have that, it. That's you know? a lot of people forget. Like, private, you just don't have private land because we'll talk to people at the archery range and, that we go to, and it's a public archery range. People, like, they're all mostly hunting public, and they hear that we hunt private, and they kind of just, like, not snug us off, but, like, they think that it's, like, a given if you shoot, if you hunt private land. And you still got to put the work in, especially when you have, we only have 30 acres. So we're, we got to do something to try to get these deer on our property. It's yeah. not, it's not to show up and shoot a deer, you know, it's, it's actually harder with 30 acres because you, there's deer, to, to get a deer to live on 30 acres when there's thousands of acres around you, it's not that easy, you know, and that the same thing kind of is public. You kind of just got to just get a game plan and see it unfold. That's all it is. All right. We're going to take a quick break for our, the shot of the week. All right, the shot of the week is brought to you by Vector Custom Shop. That's V E C T O R CustomShop.com. You can use discount code where the number two, the word hunt for 10% off. And look, these guys will custom build your arrows to your specifications. Uh, Greg shoots them. I shoot them. I started, well, actually both started with a test pack of two and, uh, I don't know about Greg, but I'm shooting and I have eight of their arrows. So, uh, two, I got broadheads on that. I was just flinging down range and, uh, we're looking good. there. pretty happy about all of it. Uh, I've never been more confident in my setup ever. And that's saying a lot for someone like me, the quote unquote, okay, it's Hunter. Uh, that being said, they really do pack a punch. I mean, they, they penetrate through the whole target that I have. Um, I put a little wooden fence behind it that I have like just some generic wood just to make sure I don't shoot into the neighbor's yard and, um, you know, pounce through that. So I got to actually kind of move it away from there a little bit. Nonetheless, super great product, great people. They're based here out of Wisconsin. We're out of, um, so we really, we really enjoy working with those guys. Their customer service is great. Um, they really take care of you as a customer and listen to what your needs are, so forth. Things like your draw length, your draw weight, um, your style of hunting, whether you're tree stand or ground, uh, what type of game are you hunting, all those good things. So anyway, let's get into our uh, shot of the week story this week. And this week's story is actually coming out of New York, which is kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool. All right. All right. Go for it. Um, so I'm from upstate New York. My name's David. I'm the one that created True Buck Hunters. And uh, I was hunting this public land 15-pointer. Um, seeing them during velvet season for the first time on my camera, and I was like, dumbfounded i was like what the freak this thing was insane like i've never seen a buck that big let alone it's only my first year hunting actually it was my second year hunting uh, i shot a uh, eight point the year before my first buck had two broken g2s he was a fighter in the area um i actually kayaked to the spot to where this 15 pointer was didn't even know he was there ended up catching him on camera and um was trying to find a game plan on how to get there quietly and hunt them that, that season. Um, well, I hunted the spot next to him uh, across the Creek and I was checking my cameras one time and all of a sudden I see him on the other side of the Creek. So he, he swam, literally swam across the Creek to the other side where I hunted before. So I didn't even have to kayak anymore to that spot. Um, and I was kind of happy. I ended up calling the name, uh, the buck, uh, Chippy, 
um, based off of this uh, guy that I met. And the guy was pissed off because I was actually hunting the same deer he was. And he, he thought I was trespassing on his land. I told him I, I went through kayak to get there and he got all, all mouthy and stuff with me. And then the word he said, he was like, he's like, I'm not trying to be chippy or anything. <laughs> and that's how I created that name for that buck. Um, I know one other person that was hunting that area with me that I had met um, at that spot. And uh, we were best friends right now. He actually harvested a deer in 2018, the same time I hunt, harvest mine, that I actually got in picture and was able to show him the picture of the buck he harvest, which he was super happy. He was able to make a photograph out of that and stuff. Um, and, uh, from there, you know, I just, uh, was trying to figure out when I can hunt and get out there and see this giant buck that I was after. Um, he was real smart. Um, I know he was going into the marshes and I didn't know exactly when he was going, but I tried to set up a camera to try to find out when he was going in there. I sat up close to the marsh, but not close enough. He actually came around me. I seen him on three times um, I only took a shot at him once and that was at around 46 yards and I missed unfortunately um, I never shot past 40 which I shouldn't shoot but I was tired of seeing him and not be able to take it you know take a try at it especially it was my first time second year bow hunting and I only shot around 20 to 30 yards so I should have went further and practiced more which I've gotten better this season, so I'm ready for anything that you've happens learned. To, yeah. yeah, to happen. That's a far shot, though, for anybody, you know, with a bow. That that's a lot of uh, time for that for that deer to drop that arrow. You know, that's that's a tough yeah, shot, I man. Shot right in, well, the thing is, is I didn't shoot at him. I shot the eight pointer before him. Um, I wasn't able. I didn't take the shot at him because I didn't want to lose a buck of that quality. The eight point. He was a decent eight. Uh, a little bit bigger than the one I sh shot the year prior. So I, I wanted to try at least, you know, I saw all three shooters and each time I saw them, they kept catching me dead on and then making that loop to try to find my win to find out what I was. It's kind of cool watching that stuff. And, um, you know, uh, it was pretty cool the day that the last time I had saw him, you know, and, I was kind of sad and depressed and in the tree, like, man, this, all I see is this rat just running through the woods, like after it saw me up in the tree and started yelping. Um, uh, it was kind of crazy. You know, I'm sitting there that, that eight point comes downwind of me, loops around. I, he's like about 46 yards, like I was saying, but it wasn't for the 15 pointer. It was for the eight. Got it. Got and it. when I shot back, it went underneath his legs. He turned around and booked, man. He just, he got out of there, didn't make a noise. He just ran. Well, the 15 pointer must've been like, what just scared you? I'm, <laughs> I'm going after this thing. So I'm, I'm standing there and all of a sudden this, this, this 15 pointer is like going like this through, through the whole woods. I'm watching him and he's coming, coming. He actually walks over my arrow. Oh, wow. Where I tried to, eight, where I tried to shoot the eight pointer turned, looked at me into the, into the tree stand and yelped. And that's when I saw him, you know, take off. Done. But that was the last time I actually got to uh, hunt that deer and come to find out I'm sitting at Roadhouse, checking Facebook, New York State um, Facebook page. 
And I'm like, this is not the deer. I'm like, please don't let it be. Like I lost my whole appetite. I'm like, it's this, it's the deer, man. I'm like, God dang. And thing was big. I mean, I got pictures and I'll send them to you. Um, but he's, I think he scored around 164 inches for a New York public land. I mean, he was massive. He had 25 inch main beams. Um, I think he was 20 or 22 inch inside spread. Um, he wasn't really long on times, but he was girth, like girth. The girth was insane. His brow times were insane. Um, he had kickers, stickers. Um, it was just, is crazy, man. Like to see that quality of deer um, for the first time and actually see him live, like walk out in front of me and me not like take that shot because I didn't want to lose that, that quality of a buck. And um come to find out he gets harvest you know the guy was 70 years old you know that's, that's awesome cool. for him that's cool yeah, yeah he, he shot like I, I was watching his facebook he shot like a nice buck during rifle season too so he was mm -hmm. like a 10 point and then a 15 point and it had to be the same offspring because the frame was exactly the same short times but thickness um just a 15 pointer was that he was impressive man it was, it was it was insane uh i reached out to the guy sent him all the all the pictures I had at nighttime, daytime photos of him. And he was so happy that I sent him all those. So, and I was happy too, you know, I was kind of sad, you know, it sucks, but <laughs> so on to the next one. This year I'm looking at a nice 10 point um, past his years and he's, he's a decent, decent sized bucks that I would be happy with. Um, there's quite a few of them I'm after this year that are quite bigger, you know, a little bit bigger than what I shot for my first buck which actually they're pretty bigger than my last dude buck. that's super cool man thanks for sharing yeah. that story dude that's oh, man. um you know I'm, this is only my third season hunting for three seasons in i think you're doing pretty damn good great story thank you so much for sharing and uh, let's get back into our interview that's cool what uh go ahead greg well with private too i mean your your sits are kind of limited I mean, unless you're going to keep pushing the envelope every weekend, which we know, exactly. you know, from experience that it doesn't always work out real well if you're going to no, keep hunting the same spot. Yeah, if you only got a I'm handful. Happy you said that. So the last couple of years, we would hunt religiously Friday after work, Saturday all day. That was our religious thing. And uh, we were there every weekend toting around and stuff. But so we came in in the season and said, hey, we're going to kind of give it a break. And we did that all summer. We, we made a, so we hung trail cameras in mid-June and we didn't check them until this Saturday. So we let them sit. We didn't, we weren't in there. We weren't putting our scent in there. We were staying away. And we had bigger bucks on camera than we've ever had on the five years we've had this lease because it's just the social stress that we're keeping off these deer. We're not in there pushing them and pushing them and pushing them and pressing them out. So now we're having these bucks consistently during daylight hours living on our 30 acres they're not just passing through they're there like every other day so it's and that's what you say it's hard because we're trying to figure out like hey we only have i have a set and then kenny has a set and then we have a set that we film from and then we have a blind it's like we got to really be strategic of i know we want to hunt saturday but last saturday we got blown out you know, and seven days might not be enough for that, for those woods to calm down. So they might need to not sit and sacrifice a sit. And years past, we didn't think of stuff like that. We would just go in and just go in and go in and go in and, go in and be like, damn, why are these deer, they're, they're getting, they're coming in at 100 yards and they're getting hung up and they're not coming in. 
and we kind of figured out that's just because the pressure we were putting on that property, we were putting way too much pressure on it. And that's something we've really learned over the years and are really going to utilize it this year and be a lot smarter. Yeah, that's a, a good idea. Um, yeah, you're learning what winds you can hunt on, and you obviously you're being more aware of your scent trail and where it's going and how to access differently, I'm sure. Uh, that's going to be exactly like this year would be a lot smarter. Yeah, you're gonna. That's gonna play a huge and role. With, with time too, yeah, like time because we idea. the bucks we have of, as of yeah, we had a buck on counter Saturday. He's been consistently down there at like five in the morning in front of a stand that we planned on hunting an opening day. So we're like either we're gonna have to get in the stand at like three thirty in the morning. Like that, that's what we're gonna have to do. Right. You know. Yeah, someone just commented, they said they just started following you guys, actually, and they said you seem to really be putting in the time. Private land isn't easy. He said he hunts uh, some all-private with tons of pressure all around. You only have a few hunts that you can get on them before they're now, before they now, um, I'm tripping up here, before they, I'm not sure what the, the word needs to be there, but it's maybe wrong, uh, before you're hunting them. So, that's cool, man, that you guys are, are re- like resonating with people. Um, I believe he's out of... New Jersey. So I don't, again, as a geographically challenged dipshit in the room, I don't think that's too far from you guys. I, from where I'm standing right now, I could throw a rock and probably hit New Jersey. There you go. In the comments, Jose, yeah, what's up? He, yep. He, go ahead. Yeah, he makes a good point, man. Um, that's another reason, like, why we scheduled our Ohio trip. Um, we're going out pre rut. We're going nine days the last week in October. So we're giving our property the pre rut let those bucks come onto our private property of Pennsylvania and see all our does and relax in there. We're not there. So then when we come back, we're coming back in the heart of the rut to hunt PA. So we're letting it sit for that pre-rut time so that the bucks can come in, they can see our does that we're having and they can feel comfortable there. They're not getting, they're not getting pressured. We're not there. And then we show up the next, the next week for the Pennsylvania kind of when the rut's going to fall. Cause before I remember two years ago, I hunted, every day the last week of October. And I, I, I did shoot a buck. It was on Halloween, but I sat, I sat seven days. I didn't see a deer. And I, I didn't know that I, me being there every day in the same stand, I was just pushing and pressuring all these deer. And that's why I wasn't getting anything coming in range. And then by dumb luck, I rattled a buck in on Halloween, but that's something that we've really learned this year. We learned it the hard way, but we're taking it this year, and I think it's going to really benefit us a lot. It's the best way to learn, you know, by by doing and, and failing in some cases, but, like, you're not going to learn. Like, you can't, you know, you can't learn how to hit a fastball if no one ever fucking pitches one to you, you know? No. Yeah, well, it's like you guys had more. I was listening to your guys' episode with Mark, uh, Mark Kenyon, and he was saying that hunting is just the collective of making the right decisions. You know, every time you go in there, you're processing what you learned from the last time, trying to make the right decision going forward. Yep, you stack it on the last year and the year before that and the year before that, and eventually it starts to compound, and suddenly you start seeing more deer, and it's it's a little bit of luck, but, you know, uh, <laughs> I listen to rap music, Big Sean says, a little of luck, a lot of grind. You know, you got to put a lot of grind in, and, and yep. eventually you get you get some of that luck from the grind. Yeah, I had a little bit of luck last year, and then this year is going to be the grind time. There you go. So, okay, full, full, like full draw assassins. Like, what? Where did the name come from? What do you guys even do? What are you doing? We didn't get to that yet. Um, 
Honestly, the name is uh, so I wanted when I we started when I started like kind of dabbling around with the camera and filming like Kenny was saying last season. Um, I was like, hey, let's start a social media something just to, just somewhere to put the stuff that we're we're taking all these nice pictures and videos. We're like, we need to put it out somewhere. I can't just put it on my personal page because people around where we live, our friends on our regular personal pages, don't hunt. So. <laughs> They don't give a shit what we're posting about hunting. <laughs> you know, they don't care. So I was like, oh, I'll start a, I'll start a page for both of us to run. You know, you can have the password, I'll have the password, and we could both run it so we could put out our hunting stuff and just be, have hunting friends on there. And I was thinking of a name, and I just, I always loved, uh, when I was a kid, I always wanted to have an out. I always loved the name. Like, I just love full draw. I have on my arm, I have tattooed live life at full draw. I just love that saying. Full draw just meant so much to me with, um, like when you're a full draw, the world stands still, everything stops. It's just, it's this experience that I wish I can have every day when you're at full draw on a deer. It's just like the, you don't hear nothing. Time doesn't exist. It's the best feeling. And, uh, honestly, assassins just got thrown in there. <laughs> it's a fucking I, I badass know, word, right? But we just rolled, we rolled with it though. We're like, let's just roll with it. And you know, there's no turning back. I mean, we already set a platform. We like it. We're going to live by it. Even like even if we're not assassins, like, who gives a shit? You can act like a, and behave well, like an assassin, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, but we're trying to speak it into existence at the, at this point. Well, I mean, yeah, what, what, make it to make it right, and that's how it works. Hey, there you go. <laughs> to a degree, I don't mean that negatively. I just mean like sometimes you got to just go through the motions and start to you know, if you smile long enough, you start to actually feel freaking happy. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. There's a reason we're still here. <laughs> we just smile all the time. <laughs> we're creepy like clowns. <laughs> oh man, that's I mean the the kind of like where you guys are pulling from strikes a chord with us. I love that you're doing both public and private. That you're doing out of state too. That's a topic that we've talked about. It's hard for people to like wrap their mind around how to make that jump. And you guys went seven hours. You couldn't. You, you didn't need to go seven hours. But you did. I mean, that's pretty yeah, neat. Why we, Ohio? Like, we, what? We could have went to Jersey. We could have went to. We have Pennsylvania public land, but I, I just wanted to make the venture. You know, if we're, if we're gonna go full fledged, let's go full fledged. You know, like I could have drove five hours and went to Pennsylvania, good public land. But I was like, dude, if we're already out there, let's just go farther west and where the big deer are. You know, and it's hard to just go there and pick a spot and, and see deer. You know, I learned that the hard way when I went out to Ohio like five years ago for gun season. But so I said, if we're going to go out there, we got to go full fledged. Like we got to go out there and scout it, and then we got to go out there again and scout it. So, and then that's why we just we're going to be out there for nine days. So we we ha- we're just going to be cons- aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. If we're not seeing a deer within a day or two, we're we're moving stands, we're bouncing around. We got kayaks. We're going to be going across creeks. We have like six different spots all within an hour of each other. We're going to be losing weight. We're going to be losing sleep. Hmm. That whole week is just going to be a constant grind. But I feel like if we just keep doing that and on some good land that we are pretty certain we're on some pretty solid land, we found some a nice, nice shed out there in March and a lot of sign. And then in August, we met a guy, um, our buddy Justin, that we just met up with. He's a great dude. He never met him before. He just messaged us on Instagram and, uh, he said, hey, guys, you guys are coming out here for nine days. I'd hate to see you guys uh, 
not be successful. I know some really good public land spots. I hunt private, so I don't need to benefit from these spots, but I know no one really goes back there. They're really good spots. I see deer all the time. So I work on the pipeline back there. Um, and he spent a whole day with us walking around showing a spot. So just more so grateful to him. And, but that's what I'm talking about, man. We just, we just kept, if someone gave us somewhere to go, we went and checked it out or we went on the spot ourselves. And it was just all just random and talking to people and gathering information, learning and teaching, learning and teaching, learning and teaching. That's all this is through the social media of hunting is just learning and teaching and not knocking people for what they do. You learn from someone and then you teach someone what you learn from them. And it's just as a reoccurring cycle. Right. And you try to pay it forward. So next time you meet somebody that maybe needs yeah. a little help, you help them out too. That's what it's all about. That's what it, it should be anyway. Exactly. Yeah. You guys, yeah. I, I, there's too, much, there's too much of negativity on, uh, that I see around and yep. that's something we're trying to, I, I'd like to answer everyone who messages us and, and ask us advice. It could be the 11-year-old kid who has two followers. I'll sit there and have a conversation with him and explain to him what he needs to do. And he asks me questions to the guy who's bigger than me and ask me, and I ask him a question. You know, just be nice to everyone you meet in the hunting industry or anywhere in life, but especially when it comes to hunting. There's, there's too many people in hunting that are knocking people and there's making people not want to hunt. And that's what I told Kenny. That's like what I said with Kenny, like guys his age who were in the situation that he was would have gave up a while ago. Right. You know, but I was there to keep pushing them forward and keep them going and keep them in it and say, Hey, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, and a lot of guys don't have that. And then they, they hang it up and there's one less hunter and that hurts everybody. Oh, I totally agree, man. It's the neck biting the head off when these people are cannibalizing, you know, the, the community, and it's unfortunate that that happens. It's a lot of what the OKS understands for is, you know, putting an end to buck shaming, having fun, a field, making memories yep. that last a lifetime, and, you know, supporting conservation. So we all have a place to do the activities that we love so much, whether that's, you know, bird watching or killing deer or squirrels, whatever the hell you're into, fishing, you name it. But mm-hmm. at the end of the yep. day, you know, we got to treat each other fairly. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, there's some pretty big names in hunting. Jim Shockey, Michael Waddell, Mark Kenny, we just mentioned him. But to people that don't know hunting, they don't freaking have a clue. My wife's like, I don't know who that is. What are you talking about? And I'm like, what? Oh, my God, you don't know? Because, like, of course, I pay attention to it. And, and you know, we have this niche community. But even folks like Mark Kenyon, he was nice enough to come on the show not once but twice and just share what he's learned. That and, was, you know, he's pretty humble about it. I got a funny story. So we were at the Great American Outdoor Show last year. Oh. Kenny, you remember this. And uh, I, I always used to watch Kit Campbell all the time and you guys probably know who he is from red arrow and uh he was standing like 10 feet from us like taking pictures of people and i'm like i'm like holy shit can that's kid camel he's like he doesn't he kenny you don't watch out he didn't watch outdoor tv he just watched youtube on shows and i was like i said that's kid camel. Like, i don't know who the hell that dude is <laughs> i'm like dude we gotta get a picture with him and now and then kenny went and but you now you love him right ken yeah yeah now he's one of my favorites <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I did the same thing with like white tail like, adrenaline. Dude, I don't man. know who like, he is. I don't want to wait in this line for a picture. I'm like, dude, you have to. It's Kip Campbell. He's a man. That's great. That's funny though. You know, like they're just they're just people doing what they love, just like us. You know, maybe they just had a little more success or knew the right people or whatever it is, right combination of things, and got yeah. themselves to a position. But and you meet guys like that, and they're the most humblest guys they in are. the world. You know, yep. like you, you see them from afar, you're like, oh my god, it's Kip Campbell. And then when you go up and talk to them, it's like they're just talking to a regular hunter. You know, that, that's what makes this community all, so great. Same thing. Yep. He's just on a different platform than us. That's all it is. Yep. 
And I think that's what makes it great. You, you end up talking to these people face to face, you shake their hand, you know, you get to look them in the eye and, and at the end of the day, they love the same stuff we love, man. You know? Yep. And, and maybe there's some extra and around that for them around the fringes, the but thing they're doing. Mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, it's not like meeting a pro football player and, you know, I can't do what he does, but I can meet a pro like Kip Campbell and I can go out and shoot a nice buck. You know, it's that, it's that relatability to those guys because we're doing, we could do the same thing that these guys are doing. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what drove me to like, like I could, we could do that. You know, you go out to, you could shoot the same size buck as that. You know, you don't have to be a star athlete to do that. True. Right. And there's some actors that, who's the guy from, uh, the hell's his name? I don't know. I don't know any actor's actual name, but the dude from guardians of the galaxy and parks and rec. That's Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. He's a hunter. You know, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm jabbing him, man. Okay. Hunter's going to get him as our freaking sponsor or promoter or whatever you want to call him. I think he should be our pro staff. (laughs) I think he stays under the radar. That guy, man. I never see him in the tabloids, but I know he's a big, he's he's a hunter. Mm -hmm. Yep. Anybody knows that guy. I don't know where he's from. Someone jab him a little bit more. So let's get him involved. Get him on the show. That would be something. Because he, he doesn't fit the mold. You know what I mean? He's in, he's in a freaking area that, like, he's he's among a lot of people that are anti-hunting. And so, you know, mm-hmm. we don't I don't get a lot of exposure to people that are hating hardcore. Like, people might hate the show or something. But people don't hate hunting or hate me because of it. I don't encounter that. I wonder if someone like him has to deal with, with that kind of stuff. We're truly dealing with an anti-hunter. Well, Kenny, didn't, you, didn't you hear that too, Kenny, that Justin Timberlake actually hunts? Yeah, like there's a lot of celebrities that you'll hear about that they hunt, but they got to keep but it they the keep radar. it quiet. Yep. They have to because they won't they won't be working. Well, it's, that, that it's taboo in their whole correct in their whole lifestyle. Yep. I mean, they're that whole community that they're in. It's just the way people are. It's not acceptable. Yeah. You know why why go hunting and and maybe try to bring home a little bit of extra meat when you can go to the grocery store or just the fact that you're hunting and killing something rather than and taking responsibility for it versus just going to the store and purchasing it, you know, and not being, you know, labeled as a killer. So I think Joe Rogan's doing anything, you know, cause he, he's connected to some of that community. He talks a lot of, I mean, he talks to some of the most famous people in the country, in the world, you know, some of these brilliant minds or entertainers or whatever. And, you know, we all know what he does, and he's he's got no shame, right? Which is good. We went down some his rabbit thing, holes. <laughs> his, his thing is just that's his big thing is discipline. Whatever yeah. he whatever he gravitates to, that he does it he does it a hundred percent until he until his fingers are bleeding with that guy. Yeah, which is cool. It's it's respectable to a degree. So you guys have season. You you started like a season one and now you're looking at season two and you guys are going pretty hard. Like what can people expect from you guys um, going forward? Like what are some of the things in the kiln here that you're firing up? Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so last year we had a couple clips, you know, we put stuff out and then I actually went back and edited all that on our YouTube. Just, we, we both elected that this season we're going to put out a season one. Um, the name of our the name of the season is New Beginning, um, because it's not technically our beginning, but it's a new beginning. Um, down from our our camera equipment, down to our bows, down to our arrows, down to our camo patterns, down to our areas of hunting, 
everything's a new beginning for both of us. So we're going to put this out as season one, new beginning, and just do everything right. You know, I mean, last year we kind of, we kind of dipped our toes in the water just to see how we, how it would work out. And, uh, I wasn't really satisfied with the content because I know what I could do now versus what I knew what I did then. So I, I'm really focusing on this year as season one and pushing it. I mean, we had um, our turkey season. Um, that was first suit, we call it, season one. Um, we did. We had really good success. We had really good footage with that. But this year for deer season, new beginnings, it's going to be just just following us the whole way, man, just how aggressive we're going and just trying to get people off their ass and just, just going for it, you know, just, just being aggressive, doing everything you can do, you know, three months of hunting season goes by really quick. So take advantage of every minute you can of it. And then we're just going to be pumping content out and just bringing everyone with us and trying to be personable. I want people to feel like they're friends with us when they, after they're done watching an episode, that's, that's, the main goal there is to make sure it's like, hey, these guys, I can drink a beer with these guys, you know. Well, you guys better drink beer on it then. Sound like a, step one. Yeah, I drink beer. Want to sound like a tight ass, you know. We're trying to we're trying to be as real as we possibly can, and that's who we are. We're real, and um, if people in the industry or anyone anybody like that doesn't like who we are, then that's hey, you know, screw them. You know, we're just doing us. You know, well, have, and that's that's I what you got to do. You got to do it for you. And if you have people that are agreeing with what you uh, what you're doing, that's your fan club, and those are the folks that are going to support you, whether it be five, ten, yeah. twenty, or two, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I, I had a kid message us a while back, a young kid, and um, he hit a nail with me, you know, um, in a good way, because he was hitting me up and he said, "Hey, I'm really inspired by what you guys are doing. I really want to be in the hunting industry. I want to." I want to build my own hunts and I want to be big. And like he, the way he was saying it, I said, Hey, I said, Hey buddy. I said, I, I said, don't say this the wrong way. I said, you don't want to be, that shouldn't be your goal. You know, that wasn't our goal. And that's still not our goal. Just put out, if you want to film your own hunts, do it. You know, I, I do it, do it with what you can afford and where you can hunt and just do it. And the people and be yourself. And the people you want to follow you and the people you want to watch you will watch you if you be yourself, you know. If you fake it, you're going to get people you don't want to watch you. You know, if you just constantly be yourself, you're going to get people that relate to you and then are like you, and they're going to be the people that follow you and then that are with you and grow with you. Yeah, nothing's more important than authenticity, and people can smell bullshit a freaking million miles away in today's culture. Like, if you're being fake, people mm-hmm. pick up on it and they're out. They're done. It's like a deer coming mm-hmm. into a decoy. If it knows it's not a real decoy, it's done. He's yeah. gone. Yeah. You know? Same thing with people. Don't want to be that decoy. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. No. We've been, we've been being told to be ourselves since we were freaking little kids, all of us, through every sort of messaging you can come with. And somewhere along the way, there's all this stuff, self-talk that says, well, don't be who I am. Be who I think would be cool. You know, don't, don't go into business to self-satisfy, go into business to make money. You know, don't, don't go into deer hunting because you want right. to, you know, it's like, that's all wrong. It's all wrong. It's all backwards. Every bit of it, you know, be yourself. And I, I credit Kenny to that 100% because when we first started, I like doing what we were doing. I grew up just watching hunting channel, you know, an outdoor channel. So I, I was kind of like that. I was like, Ken, you can't curse, you know, you can't, <laughs> can't do that. And then he kind of was like, dude, he's like, this is who I am. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is who I am, too. Why am I trying to be like this? 
And if you if you go back through our content and stuff, you'll see like a kind you'll see a big change with how we started to act because we started out acting like that decoy, like you said, because that's we kind of thought that's what we had to do. And then we just got to the point where we're like, you know, fuck it. Like, we're going to be us. We're going to do what we are. I mean, we're from we're in southeast Pennsylvania. We're in between Philly and New York. Like, we have attitudes. We drink beer. And we have fun. The only you know, reason, the only thing that would make not, you guys cool is if you had, like, Boston accents. Like farmers. <laughs> you guys, if you guys were like, hey, we're from Boston, you know, we, Don't we, do we kill a big deer. Don't, I can't do an accent. Do it. So, like, it's not, I'm not even doing it right. But, Dude. you know. Just park your car in the yard. Just park your car. It's the it's the uh, the hopper. Oh god! You gotta get your bowl. You know, I see. I'm doing. I'm now. I'm doing Scottish. I'm just all over the place. Dude, <laughs> just let it go. I I'm from Boston, so you are doing a very good job. Uh, I'll give you credit. <laughs> Greg's got it down. But like, dude, it's no different than dating. Another analogy. Like, people go on dates. The girl gets all dialed up. The guy gets all fancy, and everyone fucking lies. It's like best foot forward, mask on. Like, tell you what, gloves off. Freaking mask up, just be yourself, and then you'll find your wife, or your husband. Like, stop fucking around. Mm-hmm. People just need to be comfortable, man. We, yep. And that's how we found our niche. Honestly, that's 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 really how we did it. That's why I drink scotch and, and bourbon on this show. I got to be myself, and and a little bit of liquor goes a long way huh. with making sure I'm putting forth mm-hmm. the right Eric Clark, the real Eric Clark. <laughs> But Greg's fucking <laughs> laughing over here because I'm a glass and a half deep. It's like on TV, these guys don't, these guys don't even show themselves drinking beer at camp. You know, it's like it's crazy. Yeah. It, it blows my mind because every guy who's watching that show is a hunter that drunk beer at beer at a deer camp. You know, and had fun and like, oh, we're going away, we're getting away from our wives for a week. That's, that's why Whitetail Adrenaline did so good, dude. Do, their, their car broke down; they got pulled over several times. They drink in yeah. shitty hotel rooms and motel rooms. Like, it's relatable, you know? Mm-hmm. Just be relatable to the average viewer, you know? And that, that's what we're all we're trying to do. That's all you can do. No, you'll, you'll, I, you'll I do great then. Stuff like that now. Yeah. Well, I mean, so maybe there's time for two of these things. Maybe there's time for one. We'll see where it goes. Derek, can you, since I planted the seed with you and Kenny, if you got one on deck, think about it. Um, Derek, what's... To date, your most memorable hunt. Um, I got one that leads into an actual memorable hunt. If, you, if I could say that, if I'm a kid, it's not two, but one that leads into a really good hunt. So, um, I was up archery hunting uh, late October. I think it was around Halloween, upstate Pennsylvania, and. Uh, I'm sitting in the tree stand, and this is year, I haven't shot a buck with a bow yet. And it's last light, and I have high grass in front of me, waist high, but if I'm up high enough that I can see down into the grass, and I see a deer pull out of the the tree line. I'm hunting over this this cut through the woods, this cut through, and it's walking right to me. And if it walks in front of me, it's going to be broadside at 30 yards. And I've never shot a buck with a bow, so I'm I'm nervous. I'm cranked up. The buck walks, it's walking, it's walking. I see it, I know it's, I think it was an eight-pointer. It was a nice buck, it's a nice rack. I pull back, I shoot, and the buck does a 180, spins around, and I'm like, holy shit, that's not how it is on the hunting shows. <laughs> I could shoot again. I put another arrow in, I shoot, I hit it in, like towards the top of the back, it takes off, and it, it's like 
getting dark at this point. I just see the Illuminox from my arrow running up the top of the mountain. I can, that's how dark it is where we are. I can just see it run up the top of the mountain. I'm like, okay, we're going to let it sit. So the next day, we pull up my buddy that was with us. He was going to hunt. I was going to hunt. I had a doe tag. And then around 9 o'clock, we were going to get out and go look for the buck. I didn't think I, I definitely didn't make a good shot on it. We pull up to the – no, I can't make this up. We pull up to the cornfield, and he's like, he's like, holy shit, dude, what is that out there? You see my Illuminoc running across the field the next day in the morning. Running across the cornfield, you just see my Illuminoc. That arrow is still in him. I'm like, all right, I guess he's still alive. <laughs> and then um, that led into the next week we came back up. We know we didn't find that deer, you know. Um, I, I drive all through the night to get to camp. I get to camp at 6 in the morning. I pull my bow out. I take a couple shots. Everyone else is already hunting. I, it's November, like, 4th, up upstate Pennsylvania, which is normally freezing cold, and it was like 65 degrees, and I'm sweating. It's 11 o'clock. I get in the stand. I'm sitting there. I'm on my phone. At 11.05, I look to my left, and there's a nice eight-pointer walk right next to me at 10 yards. I stand up. He stops and runs 10 yards farther, turns around, and I pull back, and I I hit him. I, I, I thought I hit him good. He ran. I call my buddy. He comes down and gets me, and uh, we're walking down the hedgerow, and we go, and he's like, there's blood, there's blood, there's blood. I'm like, I never shot a buck with a bow. I'm all super excited. I don't know what the blood trail looks like with an arrow. I'm like, this is, I, I don't know if this is good. And he, he's like, he's over there. And I, I started bawling my eyes out, crying like a kid. It was unbelievable. And it turns out it was the same buck that I shot with the Illuminati. The Dude. night before. So that was the most, it was two, two stories in the one, but it was the most memorable experience of my life. I could still relive it in my head. The emotions, the feelings I had, holding my first buck, knowing I shot it with a bow, and it was, it was unbelievable. I, I still get that feeling every time, but just something about just thinking back and just knowing that feeling, holding the rack in my hand, calling, calling my grandpa who taught me how to hunt, you know, calling my girlfriend, my mom, and everyone. It was just, it's unbelievable. It's a feeling that you chase every year, and that's that's why we keep doing what we do for moments like that. That's a good story. And the fact that you got the same deer you, you put an arrow in is pretty. That's pretty cool. Pretty hard <laughs> to do and rare. That's like fate. I hit him in the back trap. So you got the job done, Kenny. What about you? You got a memorable hunt? Uh, I'd say mem- most memorable would be that second deer I shot last year. It was, uh, I can't remember details, but I think it was like Saturday afternoon. We hunted the morning separately and I didn't see anything and he didn't see nothing. So we both hopped out. So let's go get lunch. We'll come back in and sit, you know, let's go sit together. He's like, I'll film you. I was like, all right, that's fine. That's cool. So we uh we go across the other side of the property set the blind up we brush it all in we sit down we're sitting there bullshitting back and forth next thing you know i look over there's a dose pops her head out of the hedgerow looks at us backs away i'm like what the heck was that man usually they run off she's like dude she's probably listening to us the whole time i'm like oh whatever she go about doing her thing 
about 20 minutes later, two does come up. They split off. One walks down the middle of the field. And I, I, what was so memorable about it was, hey, that was luck that I even shot it because it dodged the arrow and turned at the same time. And I ended up hitting her in the neck and I dropped her. So that was pretty cool to see. But the funny part about it was there was construction going on in the house right behind it the entire time in the video. So as we're sitting in the blind afterwards watching it, you could hear the the, the dozer going off beep, 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 beep. And I just thought that was, uh, I thought it was, it was just like, it was just our luck, nail on the head. It was just like, it was, it was a bad, I think the day before I missed it though with him and we were trying to film. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So it was like, kind of, it was kind of bittersweet because he was like, come on, we'll try it again. And then two funny instances in a row and then got lucky by dropping her. Awesome. With the construction going and everything, it probably worked in your favor in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, because it was like, earlier in that season, I think that was might have been like the third weekend. And the first two weeks, I could hear them starting at 7 o'clock prompt every Saturday. And I was thoroughly worried. I'm like, this is just going to scare all these deer out of here. And I'm not oh, going yeah, to see anything the whole season because they were still building. It just makes they're it less peaceful for you. Yeah, they're, like, still building it now. Like, they're still doing stuff around the property. And it's like, okay, I guess these deer really don't care about loud noises like that. But you fart the wrong way, they'll, they'll run off, you know? Yeah, because you're in the living room. Like, it's different. But, you know, they're there all the time. They hear it every day. It's like, well, this is this is where I live. It's just you know, different than construction in your neighborhood. You'd be like, well, just fuck. just a neighbor kid playing with this tractor again. That's all. <laughs> yeah. You guys, those are good stories. I don't know if you know, but we do the memorable hunt series where, you know, we'll, we'll make that sound real polished and pretty and all that stuff. So I don't know when that'll pop, but it'll pop. Oh, sweet. And thanks for sharing that stuff. Uh, no calls on the show tonight. It's just been the way the, the lay of the land lately. I think people just don't want to interrupt, you know, like, uh, white tail experience looks like they had called in early on and they dropped off. So we missed them, but you know, we appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedules and, and, and jobs and day and time out of the woods to be on the show with us. You know, I know it's getting late over on the East coast there. You guys are an hour ahead of us. So thanks again, guys, for being on the show. Can you point the listeners in the right direction to go find your stuff everywhere that you exist? Yeah. Um, you guys can follow us on Instagram at full draw assassin. Um, then we have a link for you under there to go to our YouTube. Um, you can watch, you watch our pursuit season one. Um, this is Derek. I, I shot, shot a turkey. Kenny was filming. Um, and that story that Kenny just told is actually on there. You can hear the dozer in the background. We turn the volume up enough and you can actually see it moving. So go check that out. It's, it's actually really hilarious. Um, but keep an eye on that YouTube, man, because our season starts in three weeks and we're going to be pumping out good content. So yeah, check us out. Full draw assassins on Instagram and YouTube. And you're going to be pumping out, like, as the season goes, right? That's what it sounds like. So I won't have to, like, uh, come back next year? Or when, what's that like for you guys, the release schedule, all that stuff? Uh, release schedule probably is going to be uh, after both season. We're probably going to take time and enjoy and get as much footage as we can. So I'm not crammed in trying to get an episode a week, and then it's not as good as I want it. So I want to kind of have time. So, But uh, anything could change, you know. Um but as of now, our episodes are probably going to be pumped out after on YouTube after uh, the season. But we'll be putting on clips and stuff on Instagram weekly after our hunts. So 
uh, check out our Instagram. We will really be putting a lot of content out. Um, you'll be knowing what we're doing, when we're doing it, and what we're seeing and what we're shooting at all times. I promise you that. Rock on. Cool. Good stuff, guys. Well, thanks again for being on the show tonight. We're going to cut the live session, and we'll get this thing produced tonight. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you. Have a good night. What's up, everyone? Anthony Heller here with Deer Vane. Hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. And this week's tip of the week has to do with AM versus PM sits in the early season. A lot of people will say only sit the evening in the early season because if you sit the morning, uh, you're going to kind of put your scent around. You're going to muck up the area. You're going to tell deer that you're there, that you're there. You're going to educate them. And the odds of you killing them are pretty slim in the morning. So just don't even go in, only hunt the evenings. And that there is truth to that. So, um, you know, a buck in the early season, a good buck will generally get to their bedding area before uh, daylight. So you just don't have any chance to catch them on their feet. Like they're just, they're already laying down. They're already in their bed. You don't have good odds. Whereas in the evening, they've been laying around all day, you know, in the kind of a confined area. They've been there for eight, nine, 10 hours. They're starting to get hungry. They're starting to want to get up and move around. So um, the odds of you catching them in the evening are better just because they want to get up that last hour, half hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is, and, and get moving and you can catch them on their feet. That being said, I like to hunt in the mornings in the early season because I have limited time and I want the data. I want the information. I want the opportunity. I would much, much rather kill a doe or any deer for that matter in the morning because then I have all day to mess with it. I have, you know, to, to gut it out, to cut it up, to butcher it, to do whatever with it. I have all day rather than trying to find it at night in the dark. So I still hunt the mornings. Um, I just don't go to my premium number one spots in the morning. If I know a spot's good in the evening, I'm not going to jeopardize it by going there in the morning and just hoping that it's good also in the morning. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to just go to a totally different area. So, you know, maybe that means like I can hunt 40 acres of private land and that's only good in the evening. And now I'm just going to go bomb around at some public in the morning and just give things a whirl. So what I'm saying is don't still hunt the mornings if you want to just be very cautious and strategic about where you hunt when you hunt and why you hunt because you don't want to jeopardize those great spots but you also have limited time because most of us have regular jobs so we we are weekend warriors and we want to spend as much time as we can in the woods so just make those make those efforts count and don't jeopardize your great spots all right that's the tip it was a long one this week but uh, i really hope it helps get you guys thinking about you know, your season coming up and, uh, actually, you know, hopefully gets you guys on some deer. All right. Catch you later. All right. Just a a few last minute, uh, announcements and things of that such. If you've made it this far into the episode, first of all, thank you. And uh, thanks for some of the reviews and ratings that have been coming through on iTunes. We appreciate that a whole bunch. So keep those coming. Share the the podcast. Spread the word. If you like what we're doing, if you like the most memorable hunts, if you like Tactic Talk, if you like Rut Club Radio or the Tip of the Week or what have you, just uh, keep spreading the love and and share it with everybody you know. And and thanks for the reviews. So uh, just I guess the one announcement I want to make sure that I got on here for today is we are running a giveaway 
on the 30th of this month, September 30th, we're going to announce the winner. So the way to enter is by joining our Patreon subscription, which you can do through our website. Uh, there's a giveaway page at where2huntapp.com where you can learn more. If it's something you want to do and participate in, your odds of winning are really, really good. Like We only have like a handful of subscribers and we're giving away a lot of products. And some of them are pretty good. Currently, we have products from Vector Custom Shop, HHA Sports, uh, Exodus Trail Cam, OKS Hunter. We have some Where to Hunt swag. And uh, we're currently talking to a couple other um, manufacturers and vendors and things like that to line up some more products. And we're probably going to buy something too. So it's shaping up to be a pretty good uh, giveaway. And we're going to do them every three months. So all you got to do is subscribe. And when you sign up to join, we're going to send you a koozie and a sticker to say, hey, thanks. And that's pretty much it. It's pretty straightforward stuff. Um... The Wisconsin bow season opens on the 12th so uh, of this month, and I know it's opening up all over the country. And as a last reminder, Where to Hunt is also an app. Um, so obviously we have the podcast with all these different shows going, but the Where to Hunt app helps you identify occupied and unoccupied hunting land based on other users. So pretty unique. It's a one-trick pony. It uh, will look pretty lame and boring if no one else is using it. So be sure to share that with a buddy, try it out with a friend or two, see how it works. And uh, it's pretty basic. So we're building on that, trying to get some features updated uh, very, very soon here. It's a, it's a lot of work. So we appreciate any patience along with it and feedback would be great too, as we try to make uh, some improvements for the app. But anyway, that's what we have for everybody this week. I hope uh, you enjoyed the show. Enjoy the podcast. And if you ever want to call into the show, look, we uh, we take calls every Tuesday night. So it's your show. We want to hear from you. And uh, you got a story for a most memorable hunt or a shot of the week. You can share that also. Find the link in our Instagram bio. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Have a great week and hunt public. <laughs>